place, you're telling yeah. him yeah. things in the fridge that he can eat. You know, what, what's bewildering and, and, about that? Well, the heirloom tomatoes. Like, who who left you those? Your dad? Is like, <laughs> That's right. How old are they? Yeah, they're, dad, my, my dad passed away in of 2000. All, of, of all the heirlooms. <laughs> That's right. Like, of all the heirlooms, he leaves you tomatoes. No, and I know. You're, and you're passing them off on Dan? I don't know if that's nice. You know, it's not fair, really. But uh, I no. thought initially, because he's like, he died in 2006, and I got this bag of tomatoes that weren't ripe. Yeah. <laughs> so, so my brother's got some nice stuff, but I just got some heirloom tomatoes. <laughs> What a sad oh, yeah. attempt at a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think it's sad. It, it made me laugh. In these of layers. all the things. Like, didn't he leave you anything else you could give Dan? Like, why yeah. the tomorrow? I know. <laughs> but, you know, that, that shows you what kind of friend I want to be. I want to say, Dan, if you're going to be in the house tonight, I want you to eat these tomatoes that my dad left me. <laughs> I was going to... <laughs> it was. I was going to give them to my children, but you know what, Dan? Right. You're... Well, there's other things. There's other yeah. things I can. Leave I'll them. leave the kids his socks. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. By the um, way, feel free to go at the heirloom uh, carrots. That's the... right. Oh, and if you're <laughs> if, if you're short of a few things, he left me his deodorant. There's some heirloom deodorant, <laughs> and uh... what is? I wonder what the story is behind the name of those tomatoes. Uh, that's a good question. Be- because I looked prior to this delivery of this comedic, <laughs> um, fantastic joke. comedic I essay, at, I looked at, you know, the definition of heirloom. And there is, you know, the main one is something that's been passed down from generations uh, through a family. The other was something to do with agriculture or horticulture, organics. So it has it's one of those sub meanings, you know, a lot of words have sort of two meanings. You yeah, know, I never language. thought about it, you, but is it actually is there like this is a there's uh, a varietal tomato and this is yeah. an heirloom tomato. There is a varietal of tomatoes known as heirloom. I thought it was a class of tomato. There is a so, class. Yeah. I'm saying it like I know there is a class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a strain. Oh, you know what? Yeah. Here. Uh Denoting a traditional variety of plant or breed of animal, which is not associated with large-scale commercial agriculture. So an heirloom means it's, you know, you know, from the garden to the store, I guess. Right. Uh, you know, it's, it's more of a bespoke is another way of looking at it, whether it's a tomato or any other kind of variety of uh, product or produce. But my dad did... In, speaking of Zeta Lou, my dad did grow tomatoes in his. Uh... So, Dan, you know, our backyard, well, Fred's seen it too, but our backyard in Moose Jaw was enormous and there was a huge garden. And my father, you know, grew some things, but his tomatoes were the things that, uh, you know, we all loved. And he would bring them to when he would visit Toronto. Like he was the old guy on the plane with a paper bag. Of tomatoes, a green, right. yeah. not yeah. yet ripe tomatoes. Yeah. I remember all that when I was growing up. We had a big backyard as yeah. well, and there was peas and beans, and uh, yeah. I remember wrapping tomatoes in newspapers, so put That's them right. under the stairs to ripen them up over time. And My dad grew cucumbers, made his own pickles. He grew tomatoes. He grew rhubarb. We had rhubarb all the time. The interesting thing, like the whole pickle thing, I remember talking to my dad about that because he did pickles, too, with the garlic and everything. Yep. But I think at one point he determined that between the jars and all the things he needed to pickle uh, cucumbers, it was cheaper just to buy pickles. But he enjoyed enjoyed the process. I mean, you know, you guys were fancy. 
You guys could buy pickles. We couldn't afford pickles in Moose Jaw. No, it was cheaper. I mean, by the time you buy those sealed (laughs) jars and buy all the stuff that you need to for the process. but You know those uh, elastics, the pickling jar, those white... um, the sealers. sealers. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Sealer yeah. rings. Did yeah. you not use those in your hockey equipment? I did. I used to put For those. Ar- I would take a, a, a sealer ring and wrap it around my shin pads. Oh, no. No, no, no. And then tape it. Yeah, I remember. Why not an elastic too? band? Because they were really thick elastics. Oh, okay. So think about it. These pickling, these jar sealer rings, these white sealer rings were all over our house because my... My parents pickled things, and I used to I used to use <laughs> your those. Parents were pickled. They were picklers. <laughs> hey, and uh, what were your shin pads? Sears magazines? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. I just missed that era. Yeah, but, but you know the the reason we were talking about tomatoes is that okay for the third time in like two weeks, I did this whole I did the exact same menu. I made Dan the same thing. And then I had Charlie here Friday night. I made the same thing, which included this burrata salad. And I wanted to make it for Charlie. I made it for Dan. Then I have a little burrata ball left over that I thought Dan should have for his dinner tonight when he's here mm-hmm. visiting. Yeah. yeah. What which exactly helped me with that? What is a burrata sa- a salad? Well, it's basically burrata is this sort of creamy cheese. It's, a, it's, a, oh, got, okay. it's got a, right. a ball. And then when you cut into the, the burrata ball, it then dribbles its juiciness all over the tomatoes and the basil and the uh, So the it's arugula. sort of like a caprese, but with it, a different it, cheese. It is yeah. a caprese salad, basically, yeah. except the cheese is, is soft and gooey. Yes, Howard you know, talked about this on episode... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we've had the, the burrata episode. Yes, I forgot the burrata was the cheese. That yeah, man, and Dan um, had never had it. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I, you know, we sometimes buy those buffalo balls, right? Like uh, the buffalo buffalo uh, mozzarella. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but isn't it interesting? You know, produce. You know, week to week, month to month, whatever that you get in the grocery store, how tasteless it is compared to like an heirloom tomato or yep. if somebody grows something. It's just where does the flavor go? Like preservation. What a tomato? They don't preserve a tomato. No, but in order to keep it so that when they when they ship it, it's in a state that preserves its, you know, Roundness and freshness, and by the time it gets to sketchy sobies, it's just hard as a rock. Uh, which is why, by the, right. which is why I'm sorry, Dan. It's is why heirloom produce is so much more expensive because it's just come sure. down. It's it's from down the road. Mm-hmm. But also, I mean, if you just compare, uh, you know, the the factory farm style blueberries that are grown to be big, more than ta- but if you go for mm-hmm. wild blueberries, they're more flavorful because they're not they're trying yes. to make them huge. They're just trying to they're just trying to be wild. <laughs> you know, the Ontario blueberries are out now. The blueberries yeah. I bought the other day at Independent there in Peterborough are Ontario blueberries, and they do have more flavor than the ones you you know yeah. buy in February from Chile or something. But um. Uh, one of you know um on this this note about uh, buying groceries and stuff you know 80% of Canadians I saw this this morning 80% of Canadians according to an Angus Reid poll think stores are raising prices more than they need to using inflation as an excuse 
Meaning if something, you know, the rate of inflation, say 6%, the stores, a lot of these big companies are going, oh, really? Oh, okay. Well, let's bump her up 8%, 9%. Yeah, who's going to notice? That wouldn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's a lot of that going on, and it's a shame. It's another statement on uh, today's society. I mean, it's hard to prove. They're all denying it. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, you know, this is the kind of thing when you're alone there and Doll's not around and you're not doing your wordle, maybe you go and you do some research, you know, come yeah. on. Although I did pay a buck fifty for gas yesterday, buck fifty a liter just down the road here. Yeah. I went to get gas for the boat, which was encouraging. I paid uh, one sixty seven a couple days ago. Getting back to blueberries, I, I just wonder what it is because, you know, we're all old men. We're 200 years old. And when we were kids before the mass production of, you know, especially where I grew up, you know, on the prairies, you things tend to be you know if you want you 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 know somebody that's got a ranch and you can get cattle or whatever Mm -hmm. meat but what is it about our society that we won't we can't uh, can't have blueberries that are misshapen they've all got to be perfect do you know what i mean like when you buy them from the side of the road they're just blueberries off of wherever blueberries come from you know they're 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 mis they're not all perfect but Mm -hmm. what is it about us as consumers now that we wouldn't our eye doesn't want imperfect, imper- imperfect vegetables because an heirloom tomato looks all, f- you know, weird. It's all misshapen because it's grown naturally. It hasn't been, I don't know, however they make perfectly round tomatoes now. An heirloom one or heirloom vegetables in general are just more like regular vegetables. So at some point, some consumer company decided that our we would we would not put up with misshapen vegetables mm-hmm. yeah interesting i don't know i don't have an answer for that question well when you're doing your uh <laughs> when you're well, doing i feel bad because i i usually have an answer for everything but not that right yeah. or a dad joke for it Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a dad joke word. Uh, you know what I'm saying there isn't an answer I mean, it's more of a rhetorical observation that we were younger and, and fruit and vegetables didn't all look perfect and no, now I know they what all you're do saying. I, in, in, in fact this is uh, it's, this is reminding me of something about uh, uh, reading something about in grocery stores like uh, sweet potatoes if they look too bizarre they just they won't display them like, this is what can, I mean yeah. right yeah and other vegetables of that ilk if they just if they look a bit weird, they they'll be the last ones there at the end of the day. Or don't you remember seeing like buy them? Remember you were a kid, you'd see carrots with other carrots growing out of them. You ever seen those? You know where you'd be like, oh yeah, like mm. yeah, but they took the COVID uh, vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> see, look at you're on yeah. fire. There you go. Look at you are on fire. Mm-hmm. Hey, do you, uh, Howard? Do hey, you Howard? Uh, peel? Do you peel your carrots before you eat them? I do not. Oh, here we go. This is a good. This is a good composition. Uh, I do <laughs> you, not. You 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 eat them or cook them the way they are, right? Fresh. Eat them right there. I, yeah. And sometimes barely wash them. There you go. See. My girlfriend Lisa, Fred, uh, my son Colton will not eat carrots that aren't peeled. You know, before you put them into the you know the oven or the stove or the whatever you how are you cook them up. That isn't entirely correct, Dan. I didn't say I would not eat them because you know I would eat anything. 
Right, okay. But, but when you practice, are preparing, yes. The practice in our home, and I do it, even the other night, I was here by myself. Doll wasn't here yet, and I had carrots. I peeled them. It's just a habit. Yeah. But you brought that up, and I thought, you know, they're in the ground, and really out of the bag, sometimes they look a bit weird, even if you wash them. What's So I just take the top layer off, but you're saying that's where a lot of the nutrients are. Yes, I've looked it up, and no one believed me. So I looked it up, and then the Google, and then Google said, well, I, uh, I yes, would, you're right, Dan. I'm with Dan. Only in that, again, as a kid, you know, I'm, you know, having access to fresh produce, it would be nothing for somebody to hand you a carrot they just pulled out of the ground. Having said that, though, where I think what in in a dish, in a prepper, in the preparation of a dish, you might want to shred them or take the outer layer off just for uniformity. Right. Well, just because they, yeah, yeah, they might cook more evenly. I don't know. Um. Because a sweet potato, I'll wash it, bake it, and eat the skin. A regular right. potato, I'll wash it, bake it, eat the skin. So why would a carrot be any different, right? Yeah. yeah. It's a root vegetable, and no, there are it. lots of nutrients there. Well, I think you've convinced him, Dan. I no, really I think you have. No. I don't think my wife would go for an unpeeled carrot. I, I'll yeah. see, but I'm not sure. Well, yeah, tell but her I, about the nutrients, because she cares about that, yeah, right? So yeah, but what if you're nutrients. making a carrot slaw, Dan? You've got no choice. <laughs> you, <laughs> you if you're making a carrot slaw, Dan, Jesus. Yeah, well, you're using all the carrot, though. You're, you know, you're not saying, oh, I'm going to peel this part first, and then the other peeling I'm going to put into the, the salad. Hmm. But, you know, well, who knew when we started today that this was going to be the this was going to eat up the first 15 minutes. But, yeah. hey, here we are. Uh, I think we should get this thing started. Get it started. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the Humble and Fred studios in Toronto, Peter, Peterborough and Fred's studio trailer on the lusty shores of Lovesick Lake. And it's brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, and HealthGage. And now here are two men, one who is lamenting the poetic slow passage of summer with the cooler, dewy overnight temperatures, the shifting sunlight, and the almost imperceptible changes in nature. The other who just thinks about holes, it's Humble and Fred. Hang around there a second, Dan DeRue. A uh, couple things I want to run by. Drew Marshall returns to our show today. Uh, Long time Drew uh, was a friend of our program, still is, I guess, but used to come on and uh, talk religion. He was the uh, premier religious talk show host uh, with a twist. He's uh, he's just a character. If you haven't heard him, you should listen today. He's got a new venture, and we're happy to uh, get into it with Drew. Um. Drew did this uh, walk, the El Camino Trail, and I believe Dan's uh, yeah. ex uh, did that as well, right? Along, along, along with, with your son. son. Yeah. yeah. And it's a, tr- it's, a tr- it's a retreat, it's a trail, it's a walk people do. Um, it's a religious, it's got some religious connotation, but it's a, it's a spiritual walk. And uh, Drew did it completely silent. I think it was a four-week or five-week experience <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and uh, he's taught again? Well, first of all, he was on the show. He's been on the show since he did the right. walk. But, but let me just... The reason I'm mentioning it is because his new venture is to kind of recreate that experience here in Ontario. You know, it's not a month-long walk. It's a weekend retreat. 
and uh, I've looked into it. It's very interesting what he's doing. He's a smart guy, and it will be, we'll not just talk about that, but it'll be lots of stuff um, to unpack with Drew. So this thing he's doing in Ontario, same thing? It'll be a walk, but silent? Uh, not necessarily, but it is a, it is a walk, and uh, he sent me, right. a couple months ago, he sort of sent me the prospectus or whatever, and I thought it was interesting. I said, well, we, we should have you back to talk about it, because it's always a fascinating tale with our boy Drew Marshall. So he will be talking on the show, at least. Well, yeah, because that wouldn't make... He's not taking a vow of silence for his life. <laughs> Uh, is that what you think what do you call that walk again the el camino the el camino trail see i'm so lazy i actually do it in In an el El camino Camino. (laughs) oh my god is this is this your netflix special today (laughs) jesus um uh, hang around a second there dan because i did want to run something uh by you but uh, your Netflix, man. <laughs> it's just like, oh fuck. Um, we got to take take care of a little business because uh, we get uh, sometimes backed up. How many times have you been pushed around? Who is uh, bringing us this program this morning, Freedy? Ah, Bodog. Bodog. Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker or casino player, Bodog. Excuse me, your number one source of online gambling. Hello. Hello. Hello, testing. Hello. (laughs) Hello, testing. Uh, Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker, casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment, from their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook and feature-rich poker room, to their fully loaded casino and race book, they have been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. And again, a lot of people are uh, excited, the NFL season coming up. Uh, the NFL, lots of fun to wager on, but Major League Baseball, the playoff lineups and everything, Bodog is your sport, uh, your source of gambling entertainment. Uh, that uh, quarterback for the Bills it seems like a good kid, Josh Allen. Yeah, I'd say. I was uh, watching some report on Bills training camp and uh, just watching how he carries himself. He just seems like a decent kid, you know? Yeah. Pretty talented. Oh, yes. They just love him. They adore him in Western New York. Yeah, and he seems built for it. You know, some guys, mm-hmm. I think you know what I mean. Like, just certain sports personalities take to that kind of thing. And, and that was you know, my... They're the, you're the, they're the early line Super Bowl favorite. Well, that's why I'm jumping back on the Bills bandwagon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it caught my eye that they were interviewing him and they were just watching him go through some stuff. And I thought, you know, the kid seems to be very comfortable in that position. And unlike a lot of, uh, you know, NFL players, he doesn't seem like a dunderhead. Hey, this program is brought to you by GoDaddy, powering small business and entrepreneurs for over 25 years, servicing over 20 million customers worldwide. GoDaddy is where people come to get a domain, create a website, and everything you need to get your business online. There's no better time than now to do it. You can find your domain, create your website, and do it for free. Free, friendly, and prompt 24-7 phone support. They're there to help you every step of the way. Once again, you can start your website for free with GoDaddy today and try it out. No credit card is even required to get started. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. So, uh, here's a weird thing that happened to me yesterday. 
Uh, as I mentioned to you before the show, Fred, I wasn't going to golf for a right. couple of days. I had a bunch of grown-up stuff to do, and I had this break job scheduled for my car. Didn't think it was going to get done in time, and then, oh, well, it did. And I was faced with three or four hours in the afternoon with nothing to do. And so I thought, okay, I'll go to the golf course and uh, work on my uh, short game a little bit and uh, practice. I was just going to spend a couple hours there and then come home because I had a 5.30 call. And I get out there. It's another, not my course. It's out in uh, Milton, but on the uh, sort of Oakville side, sort of North Oakville. Or Mm -hmm. would that be Mm -hmm. South Oakville? No, North Oakville. And I get on the QEW, Dan, Fred, just a, I'm literally, just as you make that first turn on the gardener and realize I don't have my phone. Ah. And I think to myself, ah, you know, it's too much work at that point to get off the gardener, come back. And I can also see traffic going into the city. So I'm like, ah, screw this. I don't need my phone. Mm-hmm. And you can live without it. I can live without, without it. it. Yeah. So this was around noon. And then around 5 o'clock, 10 to 5, I just leave to go. Oh, I, I know what happened. As I saw some friends I knew there, they said, hey, we're playing the back nine. Come play with us. So I wasn't going to, I was only going to be gone a couple hours. And this had me be a couple hours later. So I, I go to go home and I realize, you know, I don't have the phone. No big deal. It was kind of nice. And then I realize I can't call the person that I have this phone call with or a Zoom call with at 530. Because as soon as I got on the QEW coming home, it had stopped. And I, I know I'm going to be late. It's only 35 minutes from where I live. But I can tell my GPS is saying now 30, it's going to be, I'm going to be there at 540, 550. And uh, I did two things. It was in, I, I thought, first of all, I haven't done this in years. I turned on 680 News to see what the traffic was. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, an, an old habit we Torontonians have. Like, I saw that it was getting close to, like, one of the ones. And they have traffic and weather on the ones. So I listened to a local radio station to give me a traffic update about what was happening on the road, which I thought was very old school. Mm-hmm. But the weird thing was, I was in, it took me an hour and 15 minutes to get home. And at no time, I can't even tell you how many times I had this weird, oh, I've got, I, I should just call him. Oh, I can't. <laughs> and, and the anxiety. It, it was you a, know, it, yeah. It was you a, know that you don't have the phone, but you think about using the phone, and then yeah, I've done that. Yes, I know what you mean. It was so weird, guys. It's and it wasn't even a big anxiety. It was just kind of a low level anxiousness around not being able to let this person know that I was going to be late. And both of you know, I mean, I have a lot of a lot of faults, but being punctual isn't one of them and so by the time i got home it had been almost six hours without my phone and i of course called the person i said listen you never have in the perfect storm i didn't have my phone and i got into a traffic jam you know i don't know what the point is other than the fact that the radio station provided me a traffic update which i thought was kind of like nostalgic and it was the uh i'm going to admit it it's the longest i've gone out i've gone without having access to my phone other than sleeping, which I still have access to for a very long time. I know you, you have long periods, Fred, where you're not touching your phone, but for an average person, that's a, it was a long, long separation. When did the anxiety first kick in? 
Well, it must have well, been before the drive. When well, no. You, when you wanted to check your phone or something when you're still on the golf course. No, right? not at all. I, I, I was oh. actually, to tell you the truth, thanks. That's a good question. I felt fine all day. I didn't, it, all day long, I thought nothing is so important. Other, the only thing I had a notion when I accepted the invitation to play that, you know, if one of my children were to want to get a hold of me, nobody knew where I was because I wasn't at my golf course. I didn't register because I can just kind of, you know, no one knew I was there except the guys I was playing. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I didn't have anxiety. I just thought, oh, you know, no one's going to be able to get a hold of me. Should there be an emergency? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy how this has all evolved. 30 years ago, if you're on that golf course, didn't even have a cell phone and something happened to, with one of your kids and they needed you. You wouldn't have found out until you got home or somebody phoned the clubhouse and said, hey, Howard, you got to phone home right away. And that would have been completely understandable because that's the way it was. Now, in a situation, well, where was your phone? Why didn't you have your phone on you? No, I know. You know? I was trying to get a hold of you. A hold of you. Hold it's of you. That whole, hey, now, come on. That hold of you. Yeah, I was um, trying to get a hold of you. <laughs> I was trying to call some <laughs> random Jews. But you know what I mean? That, that would be, a, like, a, that would be a, a source of annoyance for someone. Yeah. Well, where was your phone? I was trying to get a hold of you. We just expect everyone to be strapped to a phone now. Well, and the thing is, is, if I were at my own golf course, you know, I could see that logically, you know, Randy, ex-wife Randy could could call and go, I can't get a hold of Howard. I'll call his golf course and they could have come and got me. But as I said, no one knew where I was. And Dan, to answer your question, I didn't really have it was kind of a freeing. That's one of the reasons I wanted to bring it up, because all day long, I was fine without it. It wasn't until I realized, you know, when I got in the car you know, all things going great, I could have gotten home at 5.30. It's about 40 minutes. But, you know, it's, you know, when do things go great at 5 o'clock in the afternoon in Toronto in the GTA? It, it was a bit of a drag because with just normal traffic, I might have been 10 minutes late. But you know the kind of traffic to the point where it's not moving that I, I'm like, I got to do something. And that's why I checked 680 News. And sure enough, there was an accident. They shut two lanes, mm-hmm. so it was a real accident. It wasn't just a fender bender. It was like full on. Anyway, yes. No, I get it. Is anxiety a good word to use in that situation, though? Like, were you anxious because you didn't have the phone in the car, or was it just more annoyed that, at yourself that you forgot it? You know what I mean? No, because I, I, nothing neither, is that. Neither that of those. I, I, and, yeah. and here's what I knew: around five forty-five, five fifty, I knew the person mm-hmm. that. And this is one of the guys I, I do some coaching with. He lives in Vancouver, and I do some coaching around this decade program that I've become a proficient in. And I know, I knew at that point he would have known that. Either I'd forgotten it or I missed it. So I wasn't anxious about, I mean, I felt a little bad because I like to be able to say, hey, I'm sorry, I'm not going to make this. But I wasn't, it was just a weird feeling for, you know, for the hour and a 15 minute drive home that I didn't, Mm -hmm. couldn't connect with that person. Well, I'll tell you, and I've made this declaration and I'm going to see if I can hold myself to it. When Humble and Fred Radio comes to an end. I am. I will still have a cell phone, but I'm going to take the data off it. So I'll have a phone around, but I'm going to take the data off it because so people can't text you then. Or? 
No, because you don't need to. Again, if some people will know my number that need to get a hold of me, and they can call me. I'm just going to do that because so no, much. No, but your data will is, allow me to text you. You just don't want the data to be able to look up. Don't you want to be able to look up a is, restaurant? Okay. No. I don't need to. Here's the thing. Why? Because I find a lot of downtime. A default now is just grab your phone and just start scrolling. I, I want to get personally want to get away from that. I, I just do. Because when I don't have to worry about what's going on with this company and in the world and, you know, emails I may get. I, I, honestly, I want it off my phone and I'm going to put myself to that test when that day comes. I've got a couple of uh, there. There is software out there right now that you can put an app on your phone that can lock your phone up for a period of time. So you can do that now if you wanted to. Yeah, but you still have to do it. You know what I mean? You have to bring yourself yeah, to do it. You know, that. I get what you're yeah. saying. But the thing is, like, you know, oh, okay, so you have no data on your phone, so you won't be tempted to go look at Fox News or CNN or any of those things. But it's like... What I don't understand is why wouldn't you want to have the convenience? You're in a new town. You and Doll are traveling. And you're like, hey, where should we go eat? Don't shake your head. Why wouldn't you want to just look on your phone and go, oh, here are some Thai restaurants in this neighborhood? Well, you going to get a phone book? No, because I've got... Did you hear what I said? I said, I'm going to put myself to that test. I really want to see what, what comes of that. Plus, how often am I in that situation? Really? When you travel, you're in that situation all the time. Yeah. Ask the concierge. Ask somebody on okay. the ground. All right. But, mm. Well, that's ridiculous. Well, well, I know, but see, here's where we're at with this. Like, I know other people that don't have them. I don't and know. Who, who doesn't have a phone? We know a guy right here that doesn't have one. Okay. And his you life, have, you he have functions. To get whole, you have to get his wife, though. She has one, right? That's his, oh, okay. that's his concierge. <laughs> <laughs> but you have... No, I know what you're saying. It's just, it's like, you know, it's like hearing somebody say, I'm going back to only looking at the newspapers. Well, you're not going to do that. You know, what about the oh, weather? I you, know a guy that does that. Okay, well, everyone knows you know a, a guy. guy. Darren, Darren, like, make sure he buys a newspaper every week yeah. for that reason. Yeah, but everyone I mean, he knows probably the, still uses his phone, yeah. but... But the exception but, but, doesn't prove the rule. It's the exception. But what I'm saying is, if you're not involved in a business or a job, I mean, I think that's a detachment that you can not easily make, but a detachment you can make so that you're not reaching for that thing all day long mindlessly. Yeah. If I want to play Wordle or if I'm, we're going out that night and I want to, uh, uh, you know, find out about a restaurant, I'll go to my desktop like I often do anyway. So I don't know. That's I'm not right. saying I'm going to cut email or uh you know uh the internet out of my life completely just not all it's not going to be on me all the time i'm going to try it i i want you to know i think it's a noble quest and i'm not arguing against it mm-hmm. well you I, just said it's ridiculous it is ridiculous but i yeah. it, it's ridiculous <laughs> but i'm also it doesn't mean that it's not it's i think it's ridiculous but it doesn't mean that it's ridiculous for you and right. it's, i think it's a noble pursuit and I'll wrap it all by saying, for those six hours yesterday, the except if in fact I thought that on the way I was in that traffic for honestly, guys, I'm not exaggerating, one hour and fifteen minutes from Bronte Road in the QEW to my house. You know how sh- close that is. And I thought this several times. If it wasn't for this phone call or this meeting that I was missing, I would be fine. I would have been absolutely fine for those six hours without the phone. Mm-hmm. When. 
Yeah. I No, I get it. And when I'm doing stuff like around the house, I often leave my phone in the house. And Delisa come and say, yeah, your phone's ringing or whatever. But in all the years I've done that, because I don't want to have it around the pool, because... Yeah, obviously. In and around mm-hmm. and doing stuff or whatever. Um, in all the years I've had a vote, ne- never have I been in a situation where... The phone rang, there was a message left that I got it an hour or two later and it became an issue. You know what I mean? It's like this this mindset that we have that everything is urgent and it's got to be right now and you got to be available is... That I do agree with. It pulls on you, man. It doesn't. And, and mm-hmm. for that afternoon yesterday, I didn't have it to check on my email and see who was calling me. And when I got home, mm-hmm. my first call, obviously, it was to this client... And then I looked at my phone and I didn't really miss that much. You know, there were a couple of messages like it wasn't anything urgent and wasn't anything that I couldn't have just left my phone alone. In fact, you know, when I play golf, you know, for casually, I'll check it. But when I'm playing tournament golf, I I don't touch it for the five hours I'm out there. I don't even look at it. So, mm-hmm. well, yeah, either do I usually. I put it in the bag. and I never look at it. I yeah. just, because it's just one of those things like, you know, maybe if I'm playing for fun, I'll check and see if one of the kids has called me. But if it's a real tournament, I never touch my phone. And, um, but you make a good point about the pull of it. The, 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 the psychological aspect of it, too. We all, and, you know, I, I can't speak for everybody, but I think a lot of us, we... We go to our phones like like it's almost like we're uh, we think we got to have the steady stream of information. Like if I haven't looked at my phone for twenty minutes, I may have missed something that's on there. Like yeah. I, whatever that mindset is. It's, yeah, absolutely. I may have but, missed something. I may have missed something. Well, what? They're designed that way too. Though. Yes, yeah. because they're the prompts and the sounds and the yeah. and the algorithm the and the, the yeah. everything is is uh, yeah. You know, I had this discussion with somebody the other night that you know t- human beings typically have around eighty-five to ninety thousand thoughts a day. Yeah, sixty thousand of them are the same thoughts every mm-hmm. day. Literally, two-thirds of what we think in a day is the same stuff we were thinking yesterday and the same stuff we'll be thinking tomorrow. What's the point, Howard? Well, social media is like that. I never go, and I'm, I'm probably mm-hmm. the worst of the three of us, but I never go to my Twitter or my Instagram or TikTok and really see anything that different because mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. all been curated for my taste. So yes. it's not like I'm going to your point, Freddie. It's not like anything earth shattering. I mean, I go there to Twitter to see if is this the day Donald Trump gets cattle prodded up his dry hoop? No, you're right. It never yes, happens. This is this the day? <laughs> and listen, let, let's be clear. Let's be clear. Let's be clear. <laughs> I'm, as I said, I'm going to test myself. It may be a, 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 a dismal failure. I may be so addicted like, no, I got to have that. But I would just like to try that for a while to see if I can make that detachment. And, you know, I'll be in my 70s probably, so it probably won't be that difficult because I'll just be, like, staring at walls. And, you know, but, but, yeah, by the time we do... Up my, by, by the know, time this thing... up my goop. <laughs> by the time this thing, you know, shuts down, you'll be like, phone? What phone? And your yeah. children and grandkids will have, hand you a piece of wood? I don't like this! Is this it's, my phone? You know, we were talking about this the other day, too. It's like with kids, too. I, like, where is this going? Because, like, my grandkids often, you know, if they, you know, they schedule a play day with somebody, often the kids' houses they go to, it's just to play video games. Yeah. And Melanie tries to get away from that. Like, 
like her kids can only have so much screen time in a day but that's the exception of the rule nowadays mm-hmm. it's, well, it's a babysitter it's a it's an entertainer it's um if that addiction at that age where's like where are we 10 years from now with all this well, you're training people to uh, have shorter and shorter yeah. uh, attention spans. That's for sure. Um, and, and we've all got sucked into that, too. Oh, of course so we I'm have. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, it's, I'm glad we're having this discussion because I've been thinking a little bit. This this sort of intervention that was forced on me yesterday, you know, and I, yes. I, I did think for a second because the reason I mentioned where I realized I... Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you this. If I hadn't noticed it before I got in the gardener, I would have come back. But where I was was too inconvenient mm-hmm. at that point. And I thought, you know, you can be you can do without this for the day. But I've been thinking lately, you know, because, again, I'm, I'm on my own a little bit more than I had been. And so, you know, you just it's like a companion. And, mm-hmm. and it's not like I'm on there randomly. Like, you know, I go there and like this morning, I went to Twitter to see if I have some stuff we can use for the show or Mm -hmm. things I'm always bookmarking stuff that I want to bring up with you. Well, that's another thing. Since I got off social media, dumped my Twitter and my Facebook and everything, you know, at the beginning, it's like you find yourself going to it, but it doesn't take long till it's out of your life. Right. Now, I still get some of that through the Humble and Fred Facebook page or, you know, when I'm just on whatever site, you'll get somebody's. Twitter feed, you know, the way they reposted yeah. as part of a whatever. Um, but it, that that withdrawal wasn't that difficult, to be honest, for me. Dan, I make, Dan, make a point here, and then we're going to get yeah. going. we got to start the I show. Way, I have way more anxiety about this than you both of you guys when i've when i've left my phone at home this has happened or when your your uh, mm-hmm. phone dies battery out but one of the things where you're talking about you know you can go phone somebody to tell you tell somebody oh i'm here if you need me mm-hmm. or whatever yeah. i don't know anybody's phone i, I was gonna say the same thing and i don't know how to same get all of them yeah, yeah. no idea it, it, it's funny i thought that same thing dan yesterday i said if I had to get a hold of somebody, I don't know Dan's number. I know Fred's number, but I don't know his cell and number. I know yours, too. I, but I, here's the thing, Freddie. I don't know your cell number, but I know your home number. Right. Okay. And the only person's cell number that I could come up with is Randy's, because she's had the same one for as long as we've had cell phones. <laughs> but that's it. And I thought of that. I thought if I... I thought, okay... I could call Randy. She could call my brother, David, who knows this guy that I was going to do the client call with. Like I was thinking, okay, because I was trying to, I know I, again, I, I started off by saying, I don't like to be late and I certainly don't like to keep somebody that was waiting to talk to me. So yes, the anxiety I had a little bit of was I'm a half, I'm 45 minutes late by the time I pulled into my garage for this meeting. And he was very nice. And I said, dude, this is not like me. And mm-hmm. I said, it was just the perfect storm of the phone and the Toronto and all that bullshit. Anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, and really, if somebody needs your worst case scenario, someone has died. They're still going to be dead, dead five, six hours later. So hopefully, you know, <laughs> you know, you <laughs> yeah. don't want it to be like, hey, somebody died. And then, oh, no, they're not dead. <laughs> all right. Listen, if you, had, if you had your phone, they would have survived. If only you had your phone, yeah. Stan wouldn't yeah. be dead. <laughs> all right. Well, listen, man. It's time to start uh, another big show, people. Drew Marshall standing by. Dan, are you've decided to stay for the news, or are you going to do the news, or what are your, no, what are your plans? I'm going to move on. I looked at uh, the travel time. I'm good, so I'm going to get going. Okay, Dan, bye. Okay, Dan. See you next week. Dan's a good man. What? Wait, you are going to leave now? 
Yeah. So no news from Dan today. Is that okay? Yeah. No, it's not okay. We're going to dock. <laughs> All right. We're going to dock call your pay. You when you're okay. stuck on the 401 uh, westbound, call it in. All right. I'll call you. Yeah, man. Okay. All right. See you guys. Ah, da da. Musical interlude. Yeah, I'm just uh, writing an early piece. Uh, no, this is. Uh, Isn't it? Oh, it is early to piece. I thought so. I was trying to play this song. That's weird. That one just started playing. Yeah, he's sort of. Yeah, he's uh, he's one of those voices, right? Yeah, he's kind of got the Alanis Morissette kind of vibe. You know, I never. I mean, I'm sure I thought of this a while back. Because I was listening to, as you could tell when you came on with me this morning, I was listening to some early to piece. And uh, listening to Rain made his voice, and it's got a little bit of that. Um, I don't even know if it's an affectation or you've been pushed around. You know that. Is anybody there? Is anybody care? How many times have your friends let you down? Is anybody there? You know who did a great version of Rain Made Up is. Uh, is Jamie, our friend Jamie, one of the, one of the humble and Fred IDs. Oh yeah, uh, I can't even remember what it was, but it was so good. Did a great version of this guy's voice. What doesn't he do? Oh, it's ridiculous. Uh, okay, we've got some. T- well, I was going to say we have some time before Drew Marshall, but we really don't. But you know, we'll have time because Dan's not doing the news today. What we'll do is after Drew, it's just uh, we can do some emails and we can, you know, kind of wrap things up for the week. Uh, I got a little tipping question for you. I know that kind of you like that stuff. By the way, is this here's a weird question. Is the uh, CNE on? Is that on? Yeah. And uh, Delise was telling me uh, she heard on the news on the way up a couple of uh, places in the food building. We're shut down. <laughs> yeah. And one of them, one of the Maple Leaf Foods. How about their history of that kind of shit? Yeah, yeah, I heard that. And uh, the other one I didn't recognize. But, uh, yeah, not too good, eh? To be in the food building and be shut down for sanitary reasons. You know, the reason I asked it, and I was, you know, somewhat facetiously, is this, like, I guess not being on regular radio... And not listening to regular radio. I, 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 the only reason I knew the CNE on CNE was on was because that story you just told. I'd heard that story that there was some food issues at the CNE, and I was like, "Oh, it's CNE time." But you know, if you don't watch broad, I don't watch much broadcast television. I don't watch any local news. It's weird that I, you know, this is not part of the discussion, but I find it interesting. I I live in this city, but yet I, I could be living anywhere with the type of information I consume because it's so not of a local nature. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. No, I get it. Yep. Like you're watching the news at night, so you would see uh, an advertisement, I believe they're called, for... uh, Mm -hmm. An advert. An advert. You would see one Mm -hmm. of those adverts for the CNE. But until yes. I heard that Maple Leaf story, I uh, 
was unaware it had actually started. Mm-hmm. Another sign the summer is doomed. Yeah, outside, you know, when it's not the summer, more often than not, yeah, I'm watching at least once a day a local newscast. Still. Right. I've, I still have that attachment. Uh, Which is also why you're less... I get all my news basically from the phone. And my... Mm-hmm. And, you know, in preparating this program... Um, I go to a few websites and I'll, you know, read up on what's going on at Fox and CNN and then I'll go to CTV. Well, my wife said Maple Lodge Farms, not Maple Leaf Foods. Oh, okay. Okay. Really? All right. Then I, you know, I stand corrected. Well, we got to get these things right. I knew it was a maple something. I'm not 100% sure. I haven't, I'm trying to think if I've ever gone a, done a Zoom call with Drew. I've spoken to Drew mm-hmm. using the telephone, but um, is he having trouble connecting? Well, I don't see him connecting, mm-hmm. and uh, that lets me. Well, I'm just looking here. He's got all the information. Drew Marshall scheduled for today, mm-hmm. and uh, the Sherpa's coming on. So, uh, yeah. You know, it's all happening. Mm-hmm. So we're just awaiting his call then. Is what well, it's basically now. Right. And uh, I don't want to launch into a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a CNA question. When, when, when do you know? Would you be able to estimate or guesstimate the last time you would have attended the Canadian National Exhibition? No. It's got to be over 20 years. Maybe 30. I, honestly, Howard, I don't know. When my daughters were younger, uh, ex-wife Randy, mm-hmm. and you, this is, I find it fascinating because she's very, Randy's very particular mm-hmm. about we, what, what she eats. We were talking to Lumbee yesterday and, you know, Randy, I don't do carbs, but Randy loves loves the exhibition loves I it remember that yes and like it was a weird like weirdly so and every year i would go once with the family but randy would go on multiple occasions and now uh she sold her place up in the st Clair area and now she lives down by the lake cool little condo on uh, queen's key i can i can only imagine she's gonna be popping over there multiple times again she just loves the uh, whole vibe of the place i always found it smelled like a corn dog fart the whole grounds have kind of an odor to them mm-hmm. yeah um you know canada's wonderland really changed oh yeah a lot for the exhibition because our kids when they were young they wanted to go to wonderland you know it was open all summer long in this two-week exhibition thing was never really part of... They never even talked about her or asked to go. I mean, they went a couple of times when they were young because radio stations used to be pretty heavily involved with the X. There used to be a baseball tournament every year on Labor Day weekend and, you know, all sorts of challenges and stuff going on. And you would, you know, often be on site. Remember the CFNY boombox would be on oh, yeah. site. I don't think there's any of that going on anymore. So I was connected to it there and then maybe would take the kids. 
But as an actual destination of choice, no, it's been forever. Forever. I remember, did we ever do the show from the X or did we drop by? Because I know the radio station was on location. So maybe, I don't think we ever got up and did the show on site. But I do recall being on site and visiting our radio station pavilion or whatever, our booth. Yeah, because the gates wouldn't open until, I think, nine. So right. it would be pointless for us to be there. Oh, yeah? Remember <laughs> when, <laughs> when we were at the mix. That's remember? right. We did we a did Wonderland that. Yeah, before it was open. Yeah, that yeah, that was sense. it. That made a lot of sense. Hey, guys, go freeze outdoors and do the show to nobody but the engineer mm-hmm. and a couple people from promotions. And the gas station one was interesting as well. But that one was kind of cool, actually. The corner Why? gas one. Only because, okay, maybe it wasn't cool at the time, but looking back on what it launched, it's kind of interesting to be part of that. Right. CTV he, was launching uh, the series. I think I'm actually I think it was comedy comedy um, comedy channel. Mm-hmm. And we did the morning show from a gas a, station from an RV parked at a gas station giving away free gas mm-hmm. with the cast of Corner Gas. What used to go through my mind in those situations was the vast, 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 vast majority of people just listening on the radio. And the show was often compromised when you did those things. Yeah. Compromised for who? The few that might pull in and want free gas, which would have been what? You know, a a slight uh, fraction of 1% of the audience. That's what... I don't know. Oh no! We, listen, we have a have a different spin on that. <laughs> no, but, but no, I, I I mean I agree, I mean obviously I agree because I've sat there with you. I can name five mm-hmm. different places we did the show. In fact, we t- we brought one up the other day of mm-hmm. doing the show at spring training from the ballpark. You mm-hmm. know, it was still dark outside. No one's playing baseball there for hours. So we did it there. We did it at the outdoors um, in the campus of U of T. Oh, wasn't it Ryerson? Oh, no, the diff- that was a different time. The oh, Ryerson okay. one. Okay. No, I remember being out in the, in the park area there just outside oh, okay. of Queens Park Circle. I remember being out there freezing. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. The um, only, the only yeah, time... You're, I, not, you're not on your game when you're in those situations. You're not. The only time it made sense to me is when we would do an event like the Christmas show at the Horseshoe or other events mm-hmm. where the audience could be there because then you're like doing a then it actually i enjoyed those ones because it was like yeah. performing in front of people and and there was performing acts there and you know as opposed to those again gas station ones or wonderland ones the one in dunedin at florida though i mean that was sort of we sort of had to go there because that's how we would broadcast back to toronto I mean, it just happened at the booth. Hap- they uh, happened to let us use the broadcast booth in the stadium early in the morning. Because I'm not sure we had the technology no, at that point to no. do it from the hotel. And you reminded me of that when this came up recently. And that's why we were sitting there. I'm just saying that. Mm-hmm. Who was that for? It didn't do the audience any good. And it just made us feel uncomfortable and not really on our game. Well, you know who it was for. It was Labatt. Labatt's thought it was great at the time. Yeah. <laughs> Because they own the club and, you know, anything like that. They were all in. Um, well, I'm going to make, I don't, I've, I've texted him. And while you were talking, I called him 
But Drew is a fairly remote guy these days. He's not the easiest person to get a hold of. I'm the one that put him in touch with Boone. And the problem is now, Boone is unreachable. Mm-hmm. Speaking of being without your cell phone, he's on a week-long camping trip and is not, you know, is not within reach. So I'll, well, Did uh, he not say we could phone him? We just can't. Well, I just tried to phone him. Boone? Oh, Booner? Yeah. Oh, I just tried to phone Drew. Oh, no, I know, but I think Boone is reachable by phone, but I don't think he has... He can't do anything technical for the show. Right, okay. I'll just send him a note and say, uh, no, Drew Marshall. But all he's going to do is do what I do. Just did. He's just going to get his number and try and call him. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, that's too bad. I was really looking forward to it. I really was. I liked Drew a lot, and uh, I, 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 I love talking to him, just period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He's, I'll just tell you right now, and, and I guess we're going to have to reschedule it. But if you want to hear what he was uh, going to talk about, it's called SOS Retreats Canada at uh, hillrunfarm.ca. And uh, it, it's a pretty interesting you know, you know, silent retreat. And, you know, you were mentioning, we were talking earlier about the noise in our lives, the constantly being attached to these content machines and constantly having this. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm worse than you, this compulsion to go and look at it and see what's new. And is there something that, you know, and I sometimes lie to myself and say, Oh, it's about show prep or I'm looking to want to stay current, but really it's like, I have this compulsion. Mm -hmm. And when you're alone, you know, sometimes it keeps you company and, mm-hmm. you know, you, you'll talk about going down a YouTube rabbit hole. I'll do the same mm-hmm. thing. You know, next thing you know, I've yeah. been on my phone for 90 minutes on YouTube looking at different videos and there's Letterman's last show. And oh, what about this guy? You know what I start? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Often, I think it's subconscious. You just walk. If it's laying there on the table, you just walk by, grab it and start looking at stuff without even really thinking about it. That's the one aspect that disturbs me a bit. And again, I'm just as guilty as anyone else. And it would just be nice for a while to try not having that, but obviously can't do it now. Um, should I read this? What, what Boone left us about drew? Well, before you do, yes. Um, yes to that. I just want to read. I was just about to read you what his thing is. And, and this was oh, my okay. point about the connection to being attached. And mm-hmm. he says what during it's a silent retreat. You, so over the mm-hmm. weekend, you walk 50 kilometers, not 50 every day, but over the weekend, three days mm-hmm. um, in a group. And you basically walk silently for, you know, 10 or 12 K at a time. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting because of, of because of what we're talking about, most people never have a chance to turn their brains off. And the, the retreat is designed over the course of the weekend to give you a chance to reset your brain chemistry a little bit, even if just for a weekend. You know, when I was up at your place visiting you guys a few weeks ago, the, the moments, you know, I had a great time, loved talking and I, all the discussions were great. But there are some moments that I loved where I was where you're being by yourself, quietly looking at the lake. And it just keeps it just takes a, all the noise away, I think. Yeah, our brains are crazy. So when I go for my walks, sometimes, you know, I'll put a podcast on and then halfway through the walk, think 
I'm not even listening to this podcast. Like yeah. it's going on in my ears, but I'm yeah, not yeah, really yeah. listening to it. Where where was my mind over the past twenty minutes when this thing was into my ears? But I'm not listening. Obviously, I was thinking of something else, and it gets back to what you say about how many thoughts we process in a in a day, in a minute, or however that whatever that was you said. But it's just so true. To get on top of that and be able to just shut it down. Well, you meditate a bit, don't you? Uh, yeah, every day. So, does it like? I mean, yeah, it you, works. Are you successful at it? Well, here's what: there is no, you know, there's no win or lose. What what it's what you're trying to do through meditation is just to do is to train your brain to notice when you're doing that. So, mm. what you just described is per, is is the is actually a perfect description of what meditation mm-hmm. does. You're walking along, you're listening to something, and then you realize a few minutes have gone by and you can't really remember what you heard. So mm-hmm. your brain so what meditation does is it just brings you back to this. So it's not a mantra, you're not moaning. It's just like you sit quietly and when I'm looking out of the lake, it's kind of a meditative state. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what you're trying to do is catch your thoughts racing and bring them back to this moment. And every time you do it, and that's why they call it a, a meditation practice. And all the practice is, is you're practicing the moment of noticing, oh, I'm not really listening to this conversation anymore. I'm thinking about something else and you bring it back. And so mm-hmm. five or seven minutes or whatever I can squeeze in is I'm practicing. Now, of course, I've got an ulterior motive. Uh, and that is golf. Mm-hmm. It's also good for your brain in general to notice when your mind starts to wander to just bring it back. And then over the course of five minutes, my mind wanders constantly and I constantly bring it back. And at the end, you kind of go, OK. And then the, the next time it may not wander as much. Why don't you go ahead and read uh, the description? Well, what Mike had uh, written here, Drew's show ended uh, his his religious show on the Oakville station. In, in uh, 2019 but this statement is now on his website should you wish to reach out to Drew directly please use the contact page it might take a while for him to respond though as he now lives on a farm and has since given up his vehicle his phone only posts a few times a year on social media and rarely emails all of this is required to allow him to focus on writing a book he gets distracted easily. So that's on his actual page. So maybe that's part of the deal this morning. Maybe this is just one of those days that he doesn't want to connect. Yeah, I know. But he's also a pro. I'm, You know, he's the kind of guy that once he was booked, I know he would, uh, he'd be looking forward to this too. All right. Well, let's move on. We've got a bunch. Well, not a bunch. We, we, you know, we haven't collected as many emails. People are on holidays, but we have some. And uh, we can uh, maybe... Inst- what, what we'll do today is the emails will be brought to you by... The emails are our Gig Sky Hi guests guys. of the day. Hi, guys. And uh, we'll read a few of those and let Hi everyone guys. know why they should sign up for Gig Sky. Before you drop your data plan. <laughs> um, why don't you begin? Do you have them in front of you? Hi, guys. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, I thought you were... Go- okay. I'll right. do it after. I don't have oh, it in I front getting, of me. I'm sorry. Let me just call him up. I was getting ready to do my uh, plug, but that's fine. Well, why don't you right do on. your plug first, then I'll do the emails. You do okay. your thing. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, chambers plan. Yeah, yeah. Let me get Canada's. some uh, Let me get some chamber plan music for you, man. Mm-hmm. You know? Canada's number one choice for group benefits. Uh, Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan is the official name 
Uh, find them online at chamberplan.ca. All the information is there that you need. You can get a free quote. It doesn't matter how big your business is. There's a plan for you. It's a great thing to do for your employees. I mean, all the products under this Chamber Plan umbrella are, I mean, it's amazing. Uh, you know, prescriptions and dental plans and uh, certain therapies. Uh, there's a mental health aspect now, which is great through COVID. We all know what that's about. Uh, HR component, if you need it. Again, all this stuff handled for your small business at a very, very affordable price. Take the time today. Go to chamberplan.ca and get a free quote. You can do it. Yeah, you can. Let me tell you, the Gig Sky offers an amazing array of services. Let's start with the data plan. Maps, Uber, Instagram, WhatsApp, FaceTime. Gig Sky's got you. Whatever you're, you can go to 190 countries and have Gig Sky service. Download the app today. Enter the code HF2022 for $5 off your first plan or visit gigsky.com for more information. Even if you're like my child, Spencer, who is using their hotspot this week locally because they want to make sure they are covered wherever they go uh, with data. Uh, Spenny's working on a set and doing a lot of, you know, back and forth different locations and they just wanted to have comfort and security and I said well let me get you another uh, some let me add some gigs to your data plan and it was so easy visit gigsky.com at today download the app for Android or iOS and join all of us with the gigsky revolution all right let's start with uh, our very first uh, email Fred do you have it in front of you now yes I do okay Got it. yes okay um yes this is from uh, Albert Schmidt. Yeah, man. Okay. Hi, guys. Speaking of balls, humble. I'm sure you've noticed that your balls are universally longer than balls of yesteryear. <laughs> what were we talking about? Golf balls or something? Yeah, they, they, they go farther. When it's warm, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and balls go farther in general. Okay, okay. Yes. They go longer than balls of yesteryear. Yes, exactly. And longer the pivotal word here because he comes at us with this. <laughs> Do you walk the golf courses? Because, dude, that's some serious drag. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. It's a ball joke. It's a ball joke. Mm-hmm. What a funny thing the body is, huh? Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. When you're younger, everything is tighter. Everything is in place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You get a little bit older, all of a sudden you're like, wait a second, why is it? Mm-hmm. That's not where my balls were. Nope. <laughs> what? what are they yeah. doing down there? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't recall signing up for this. Anyway, thank you very much for that, Albert. Uh, this is from uh, Slow S L O B. Hi, guys. Do you think there is a Dan Nemesis out there who he secretly battles? Something like the Spy versus Spy comics. I used to love those. Mm-hmm. Spy versus Spy was from the, uh, I think they were from the guys that did Mad Magazine. Were they not? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think so. Anyway, yes. he goes on to say, um, like Dan's nemesis is Nad. You know, Dan spelled backwards and he uses only rusty nails to build things. Mm-hmm. And he goes on to say, funny, Fred's name back, Fred's name's Fred's name backwards is Durf. That is funny. <laughs> I guess. What is my line? I was trying to think. What is it? Draw, 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 wow, draw, wow. Yeah, draw, wow. 
is my last name. It's my name backwards. Is anyway. it? Oh, okay. Sincerely, Slow B. Oh. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I was there because I'm confusing. No, no. Okay. No, I, I'm still trying to think of your name backwards. Yeah. H-I-O-G-O. Next one. Yeah, next one. Yeah. Must not say who it's from, but it's a colleague of ours. Yes, works from inside the chorus campus. The Dark Empire. The Dark Empire. He says, Humble and Fred, no way Derringer got six to eight million dollars for your information. That rumor is false and ridiculous. For sure, that's a fact. You're best, the guy. He says you're the best. Okay, yeah, you're the best. That's us. Thank We're the you. best. Right. All right. Hi guys. Thanks, guy inside Hi, of the uh, chorus campus. Hi guys. Keep the information flowing, please. Uh, this is from our buddy Rich Tunes. It's a long one, and Rich knows. That we don't read long emails. Uh, basically, his uh, subject line is not buying it. And it was in response to the latest uh, Tony Clement, Pierre Polyev apology, whatever it was. And, you know, we've said this a bunch of times. Tony seems to think the guy's OK. We think Tony's OK. But Rich isn't buying it. He goes on to explain mm-hmm. some of the reasons that he thinks... Polyev isn't the real deal. Um, I'll just read the last paragraph. He says, I could go on, but you know all of this. And he gives us a bunch of reasons. He says, I love how Clement says Polyev is a different kind of populism, a kinder, gentler one that he's tapping into voters worst. No, then uh, Rich says Polyev is tapping into voters worst instincts and stoking rage in an economically frustrated Canadians just the same way that Trump did. Don't kid yourself, Tony. He says, I know you guys don't want to scare off guests, and Tony does seem like a nice guy, and he's a solid contributor to the show, but I don't care how nice the truck looks that you drive up in. I still smell the bullshit inside it. Always your friend, Rich. Rich Tunes. Hi, guys. Yeah. You know, that is a tough one because, same, I like Tony as a guy, but, you know, I can disagree with you and I can disagree with all my close friends. That doesn't mean it's necessarily going to affect your relationship, but I agree with Rich. I, I just don't buy it. And I understand that Tony's situation, what he's campaign manager, I forget exactly what the title is, that he's got to promote the guy, but same. You know, and I have you seen that latest... Uh, breakfast video from Polyev? No, we were talking about it. I've heard of it. I haven't seen it yet. Well, he's in a diner, and he's eating bacon and eggs or something, and it's directed... Oh, right. You told me yesterday, yeah. And it's directed at Justin Trudeau, and as he's talking about inflation, he's, like, picking up the bacon and going, look at Justin, this bacon has gone up 8% in the past year, and then this bread has gone up how many percent? Eggs, milk... Which is cute and everything, but anybody that's sort of on top of the issues, to any level, really, in this case, inflation is a worldwide... And I'm not letting Trudeau off the hook because, again, I don't like him. I've said it many times. But inflation, it's not Canadian-specific. It's not Trudeau-specific. It's worldwide. In fact, inflation is worse in the land of Donald Trump right now than it is Canada. So... I'm not buying it, Pierre. Don't blame that on Trudeau. Tell me what you're going to do for me. Yeah. And as I said to you, because we did have this sort of a mini discussion Mm -hmm. about this yesterday. Yes. It's, you know, and and they do it in the States. And and Pierre Mm -hmm. Polyev is also a politician. Yes. 
that seemed to me more political than you know, I, I think we're, we have to be careful that we don't lump everything into nefarious, you know, dog whistling nonsense that, that I think you would see. I'm not saying necessarily Stephen Harper or, mm-hmm. you know, that's a very that seemed to me a pretty typical play. And I haven't seen it, but just mm-hmm. your description of it sounds to me like a fairly typical political mm-hmm. kind of ad. You know, yeah, it's a, appealing to a simple you know, it's a simple uh, explanation of it, but that doesn't bother me too much on the surface. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I'm sure that uh, there's a lot of people that fall into that category. But when I watched it, the, that's the first thing I thought of. It's like, yeah, like there's a lot of stuff you can pin on Trudeau. But I'm not sure that's no, of course. Oh, but that, people, you know what? Groceries, cost of living. I mean, that's right at the top of the list as far as people care, right? And, and if it was your guy. Mm-hmm. You would go, okay, that's not really true, but that's, if that helps us get elected, I mean, that's that to me just sounds more like, and I guess I'm not explaining it well. Like, there's some politics that we see now that we put through a prism of all the other fucking nonsense, but that's that's not that is not is so different than it would have been 20 years ago you could see a politician 20 years ago blaming the government for the price of a piece of toast mm-hmm one thing I will take issue, you say, if that was your guy, theoretically, Howard, that is my guy. And that's what's pissing me off more than anything. That's the party that I tend to vote for. Mm-hmm. I'm just being honest. And I don't, the way they've screwed up over the past few elections, that's, this is part of my aggravation. Yes, I, I know. That is my guy. Um, and I don't like what he's saying. So. It's, I'm not really picking sides here. So no, I know. I know. But I, you know, you, I, I don't know where I get this weird feeling that, and I can't put my finger on it, but sometimes just the way the tone of voice that you, even though you say over and over again, you don't like Dustin Trudeau, but you know what I think, Freddie P? I think wow. you and JT could be heading towards something. Could it be Freddie P and JT? Could it be they're falling in love? No, I'm a fiscal conservative, definitely not a social conservative. Well, what do you think I am? Green Party? You tell you tell the people what you are. I'm not. I'm telling you what you are. I tell the people what I am. I would tell the people this that if you know, I would. I'm trying to think. I didn't vote liberal last time. That's for sure. Let's put it that way. I did not vote liberal last time, and I probably won't. Uh, part of the reason I won't this time, and I'm not sure I'm going to be voting for Pierre, but I just can't have uh, I can't have another liberal government in my life. <laughs> All right, I can't. I just don't see it. No, that's that's valid. We all have our things, and that's yours. I get it. Absolutely. Um, listen, uh, we got to get quickly here. Tim Nibblet is standing by. Uh, I'm just going to send him a message because I want to uh, make sure I get this last one in. Hang on. Uh, stand by. Yeah, I know uh, you, that he's your guy. Theoretically, all I was sort of saying is if you were a Polyev supporter this time around, like you have been other conservative yeah. leaders, that ad isn't so wacky. Fair it's, point. You know, it isn't. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It's no different than you would see any Harper or Trudeau or anyone who is, you know, trying to pick mm-hmm. holes in the in the government. It right. doesn't seem that bad. Uh, da, da, da. This is from and to his credit. I mean, when you're designing a campaign, you know that that will fly with a lot of people. So Slightly. Throw it out there. Of course it will. I mean, I mean, you know, just the way that the idiots in America are blaming Biden on inflation. Mm hmm. You know, it's 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 ridiculous, but it's not so out of out of the ordinary. Uh, lastly, Christine Cameron says, hi, guys. I've been missing you over the summer, but thanks for being there when you're there. Uh, read the orange shit stain. <laughs> are you aware of the trend on social media to refer to him as TFG? Yes, I am. Are you? Uh, not really. Yeah, the TFT is the former guy. Okay. And uh, people who do that don't want to give his name any air. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, she says, have you ever tuned into JL Coven's podcast, Making Podcasts Great Again? Now, JL is, just go look him up. One of the best Trump impressions oh, you'll okay. ever hear. And it's, I listen to some of his podcasts and it's, the, the podcast is funny Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't do his impression justice is what I'll say, Christine. Like I listened to about 10 minutes of it this morning mm-hmm. and it's very good, but the, it's a very subtle on the podcast, but when you see mm-hmm. him do his bit, it's really, really good. So go right. check it out. It's called uh, making podcasts great again. And we thank Christine, uh, for that, um, that recommend. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. I think I've heard this guy before. Yeah, you have. Um, yeah, okay. He's so the guy you always see with the, always has the MAGA hat on, and he sort of, he, like, he does it really well. It's very subtle, but it's right. it's uh, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of subtle, speaking of pretty good, mm-hmm. bow, bow, bow. let's get it ready. As our man uh, Drew, as our man Drew Marshall fades into the sunset, I don't think we're going to be hanging out with him. Mm-mm, but we are going to have a chance to talk to this man, this uh, angel, this orange angel. Look at you! You have lost some weight. I have. Thanks. I had a client in yesterday. I hadn't seen for a while. Who noticed? A random dog walker in the neighborhood uh, commented on it the other day. So. Uh, Exciting times in the household there. So what have you done? Have you, like, are you more diet conscious? Like, has this been uh, on purpose? Oh, definitely on purpose, Fred. Well, mm-hmm. you know, I had a little bit of a tip off a few weeks ago, as you know. So mm-hmm. uh, motivation's always the key. I, I've been revisiting my Noom app and um, trying to hold the, you know, glasses of wine down to one a day. And gee, lo and behold, I've lost weight. Yeah. Crazy how that works. Well, it's funny. I spoke to you on the phone the other day for a, a few minutes. You know, you sounded the same, but I could feel a lightness. <laughs> there was definitely a lightness in your. Well, I'm glad. Listen, it's great to see you in person. I'm happy that you seem to be at least trending in the right direction. Yeah, um, me too. Thank you. Um, uh, both on Facebook and, and through emails from my many, many clients, Fred, not several, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, concerned about my health and well-being, which has super been appreciated and and awesome. And I, I got to give a, a shout out today to my branch administrator, Deborah, uh, 
17 years ago today, she joined the team, and the poor lady's still around. So she's been uh, a huge rock for forever, and the clients just love her to bits. And that says something about the person she works with. That's right. He's, uh, and by the way, just a quick update here from Drew Marshall. I think this will be of interest. Mm-hmm. He says, please forgive me. We had an emergency here on the farm. One of the miniature horses just about died overnight and had to call the vet. Mm. Well, now I'm intrigued. I didn't know you had miniature horses. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, well, I'll just uh, let's get uh, Timmy started and we'll tell Drew. No worry. We'll uh, we'll reschedule. So uh, what does this mean? This question of you say, are your investments over correlated? Maybe you could explain what that means. Correlation in general. Yeah, absolutely. And a, a brief plug for Drew. I think I could definitely use that retreat for a few days too to to stop the world. That's, that's well, that's what sure. we should do, Tim. We should go on a fifty k silent walk and just stare at each other. <laughs> Let's do it. That'd be awesome. Do we have to hold hands too? I don't or? mind as long as you're healthy. I'll be there for you. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, yeah. So I, I was just thinking back to all these second opinions we've given this year, and uh, y- you know, probably the biggest thing we see that uh, listeners should be aware of is they might have lots of holdings. In fact, frankly, one we've just uh, recently gotten as as awesome clients. Uh, they had. 30, I don't want to over-exaggerate, 30, if not 40 different funds in their portfolios, mm. which is kind of crazy and, and mm-hmm. actually, ironically, ineffective. Um, Larry Sarbit, former uh, fund manager for AIC, uh, he's somewhere else now, great guy, very sharp, used to call diversification, right? They had mm-hmm. so many things that, that it made things worse, not, not better. So you, you've really got to watch that... Uh, you don't have holdings that are just doing the same thing because then it's redundant. And and uh, as I mentioned in the email, I mean, this year especially has been really a, a kind of litmus test for how uh, well your portfolio has been diversified. Yeah. And how would that happen? Is that somebody doing their own thing or would there actually be advisors out there that would get somebody into that position? It just seems odd. Well, as you know, I'm a very classy guy, so I will use their I'm sorry, advisor said who did that. <laughs> But I, I just kind of would put air quotes around advisor in that case. But no, it wasn't the client. It was the person that they were they were working through. Wow. So now that's an extreme case. That's why mm-hmm. I brought it up. But uh, this year, the prime example mm-hmm. has been, Fred, that, um, you know, bonds classically are, are like the safety valve for people in uh, in their portfolios, virtually every Canadian is going to have a 20, 30, 40% uh, sleeve of, of bonds there. You look at diversified funds from the large companies, they've got bonds in there. But this year, they've gone down uh, quite a bit as well, the way that interest rates have gone. So if your safety valve is going backwards, that doesn't work too well for your portfolio. No. Um, so what are you saying? What's your position on bonds for safety, which is usually a... I, I've like used barely, I don't even think 1% in the portfolio, just some isolated cases mm-hmm. for people collectively. But, uh, so I just, as, as I mentioned before, I, I just mirror what pension and endowment funds do. I mean, I like to think I'm moderately bright, but mm-hmm. I'm not smarter than the people who run the Yale endowment fund or the Canada pension plan. And, you know, their success leaves clues, right? So we do what we call, uh, 
hasn't caught on yet, but we still call it that Sherpa style investing. Yeah, I like and, it. And uh, just try to uh, emulate what the the pension endowment funds do. And it's it's not bonds. It's it's more like private credit, uh, loaning for uh, commercial construction in the states, businesses hmm. in Western Canada, uh, REITs, real estate investment trusts, and so on. And uh, it's worked very very well for our clients, and they're super. Happy and appreciative of it. Um, last two items here on the list: uh, sharp ratio and are all equities the same? What are those? What do those mean, Timmy? <laughs> yeah, so uh, sharp ratio is super cool. Uh, it, it's a, a measurement that uh, Mister Sharp, maybe a doctor, I don't know, uh, came up with, and it's it's a way of calculating the risk reward. Uh, ratio so it, it, classically over time you should get one unit of return for every unit of risk you're taking but properly chosen your investments properly mixed together with the correlations as mentioned you should be able to get more units of return for the amount of risk you're taking on which is what we all want right so at its simplest level like a GIC doesn't really have any downward risk it certainly has not keeping up with inflation risk and high tax risk depending on the portfolio or um, planets in but you're not you know, getting a lot of return either. So sharp ratio hmm. measures uh, measures that. And uh, as far as uh, people wondering about their equities, they're not all the same, or are they? <laughs> Thanks for asking that one again. Yeah, <laughs> this is super cool to nerds like me, right? Um, yeah, and in the good old days, we used to think that, well, I've got a Canadian equity this and a U.S. equity that and a global equity whatever. But they could still be super highly correlated. It, it could all really be the same thing. So you, you could have five different U.S. equity funds that are very low correlated. One could be like just a, a super blue chip dividend. One could be very growth related and so on and so on. So uh, you, you got to look under the hood, right? You can't just look at what the, the shiny cover says. That doesn't necessarily tell you the whole story. You know, I read an, uh, uh, something this morning. In anticipation of your appearance, I just saw this article. I thought, oh, I wonder mm-hmm. if Tim has heard this phrase. I'd never heard it. It's called a bear trap, a bear market trap. And um, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with the concept. The idea is that sometimes after there's been, you know, kind of a downturn, people see all these, you know, opportunities to buy good good uh, companies that have been sort of depressed a little bit recently. And the trap is you buy a bunch of it and then the market continues to go down. But um, is that something that I guess the concept being that there are opportunities in down markets? Well, there can be a lot of great opportunities, right? But but again, all, all companies, of course, aren't created equal. So two companies that have gone down 30% just to pick a number, you still got to look forward, right? You still got to look at how solid the company is, what are their uh, their metrics, what are the barriers to entry in that industry, and a hundred other mm-hmm. uh, things. So, I mean, usually buying on sale is, uh, is a good thing for sure. We're at a super interesting point right now, you know, that... Um, uh, the market's uh, gotten back about half, uh, depending on the day, of what its drop was. And historically, that's a super, super good sign. Uh, but historically is historically, and every situation's yeah. different, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. We, we've still got some uncertainty with the inflation, of course, and interest rates and COVID and all that good stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Well, it's always yep. it's good to know we have somebody we can turn to. I uh, certainly appreciate you and your participation in this program, uh, both as a friend, contributor, and client. And I mean that. And uh, I'm glad that you're starting to feel better. And uh, you should continue that path. Okay. Are you Are you still off the links? Still yeah. Haven't been golfing. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to play next Wednesday, uh, men's night, with a couple of my best uh, buds. And if I play two holes for it, I play two holes. But uh, mm. I think I'll be okay. I, I've walked over two miles the uh, last couple of days nonstop uh, mm. each of the two days. So that's a good sign. Um, I don't know if I drive that far. So uh, we should, be, we should <laughs> maybe, be okay. Yeah. Maybe this is a real good time for me to challenge you. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I still think Go I'd better. Go for the weekend <laughs> No, no, state, I, brother. St- I still think I'd bet on Tim. All right. (laughs) I would love to find out with you. How about that? Yes. Right on, brother. And I would love to observe it. Uh, Tim.nibble at RaymondJames.ca. And as always, you say, enjoy and profit all. And I'll throw in a have an awesome day for free there. All right, pal. Take care and uh, continue. Thanks, uh, guys. Great health. Uh, Good seeing you, sir. Mm. Uh, There's Tim Nibblet. And uh, he's a good man. Yeah. For you people who don't know, he was having a little trouble with his... uh, elevated heart rate and it's one of those things i was talking to him they just is like his doctor's not worried but it's not really coming down you know and it's like i guess his doctor's like yeah come and see me in six months so i don't know yeah whenever it's your ticker eh? it's gotta it's gonna play on you oh yeah mm, you know that's i for sure i haven't had much trouble the last while but a few weeks ago, I was, uh, you know, I don't even, just, I can't remember if I would, if it was a day I'd worked out or I'd worked out and golfed or whatever. It was a very hot day. And that night, mm-hmm. uh, not that I felt like my heart was racing, but I felt like there was some stuff going on. And of course, because mm-hmm. I've had some heart trouble, I'm like, okay, is this the beginning of the next phase of this? You know, and then, and then I think whatever you've had, whether it's something like you and your you know, urinary stuff. And if mm. you start to feel something, you're thinking, oh, is this coming back or, mm-hmm. I don't know. But even that, it's not your heart. Like, you know, I'll spend the rest of my life pissing myself if it means my heart's okay, you know. <laughs> well, that's a, <laughs> you know, I, I'm glad to know that. That's a bold statement. I appreciate that. Like, good heart. Yeah, I'll take that diaper any day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I bet you. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. We got, we got we got humble and Fred uh, diapers. <laughs> Isn't hey that wouldn't that be you oh, know yeah. the evolution of the humble and Fred show from humble and Fred condoms to humble and Fred diapers? Hey, we should do it. We should. We should do it. We should do it. Uh, speaking of golf, you know what? I don't know. I took Johnny Slapshot golfing a few weeks ago. I don't even know if I've golfed like. Since June, actually. Crazy, eh? That is crazy. It may have been June still. I'm not sure. And I can't remember. Probably with Darren somewhere, but it's a long time ago. Yeah. Unless I'm overlooking something, but it's been a while. Got to get back at it. Well, I'm I'm going back and forth here this morning with Tony Clement, Mm -hmm. who wants to uh, play with us. And, uh, I, yeah, you know, that'll be sometime in September. That'll be fun. Mm-hmm. He uh, just asked me a question. He said, let me check with his uh, partner, Jody. 
presuming you guys will be in the GTA, would you prefer to play there versus going up to... Like I said to him, you know, if he lives up in the Muskokas, we could arrange it to meet in Barrie. It's an hour for you and I. It'd be an hour for him. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to offer him offer that as an option. Oh, that's quite painless for me. Yeah, me up too. King Road and up the back way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, you know, I like it up the back way. Pardon me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, uh, the, my Netflix special <laughs> continues. Oh, man. <laughs> Freddie P. One night only. Um, so uh, mm. I guess so. Well, we got no damn. We got no news. I will say there are some things in the news. Mm-hmm. I know you love this stuff. That's why I wanted to bring it up. There is, it's the, um, I want to get this right. It's the James Webb Space Telescope mm-hmm. capturing pictures from NASA's. Uh, NASA. NASA. What is it? You always say NASA, like the, 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 NASA. the place in the Bahamas. What's NASA. the real one? NASA. Yeah. I, I don't have, uh, I, that's one of those ones I've never gotten right. NASA. No, I know. For years. Well, no, I know because I have an accent. <laughs> oh, do you? And hey, what is that accent? It's uh, it's the accent where you say NASA instead of NASA. Same with nuclear. I never get that right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a look at Jupiter captured by NASA's James Webb Space Telescope. Oh, wow. It's amazing, really. Oh, I got to have a look at that. Yeah, it's wow. the kind of, I'm just going to send it to you. It's the kind of thing you would love. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, the wonder of it all. Mm-hmm. The, the detail of this planet, Jupiter. I don't really know much about Jupiter, but I like it. It's got a couple mm-hmm. of moons. It's got this big spot on it. It's, it's a huge planet, and it's got a, um, it's got a, a storm on it. What, let me get this right. But the storm is, is bigger than the Earth. The, the, um, and it's constant, yeah. right? It never ends. It's called the Great Red Spot. Not like the mm-hmm. red spot in your pants. <laughs> it's called the, uh, it's the, an enormous storm, bigger than mm-hmm. Earth, and in this image, is so bright that it appears white. And when you see the planet, and you, this is why I, was, I wanted to send it to you, because when you see the picture of this storm, the big red spot, um, the actual storm is bigger than our entire planet. I find well, that Jup- Jupiter is by far the largest planet, right? Oh yeah, and I'm saying uh, this to you right now, like isn't it? I think more th- more than ten times the size of Earth. I don't have that information. I just know that the uh, storm on it is bigger than our freaking planet. Can you imagine if Earth was the side of uh, size of Jupiter? How long it would take you to drive places and uh, or get to the other side of the Earth, like? Yeah, it would Just be crazy. think about that. Yeah, okay. If we were all the same size, but Earth was 10 times bigger. Mm. Traveling. Just think what that would do to the travel. What about this? What if we were 10 times bigger, but the Earth was smaller? Then we yeah. wouldn't take so much time. Here's another thing what I think. Yeah. yeah. Here's another thing I wonder. So when a flat earther sees this image, do they just think it's nonsense? Or they think, well, all the other planets are round, just not the Earth. I, I don't know, Howard. I just say, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, you know, 
it's like a mental illness of some level. Oh yeah. Well, same. You know, it's the same. You know, people with you know what we believed were normally functioning brains post stuff like the vaccine causes AIDS. So, like, where does that come from? And on and on. Well, it's the same people that voted for Matt Gates last night. The guy's under investigation for child (laughs) sex trafficking. The same things they accuse the liberals, the Democrats, the libtards Mm -hmm. of doing. You know, they. They accuse the uh, left-wing people of running pedophile rings. Meanwhile, an actual guy charged yes. with sex trafficking, he gets a pass. Good point. No. I know. it's uh, It can be frustrating. And, I, you know, what I... Have you seen recently, too? Like, I'm just reading about some rivers and lakes in china that have gone bone dry what's happened to lake mead in the colorado river yeah how do you can cont- like like how do you denounce climate change even if you want more proof or you're a little uh, maybe suspect of the se- uh, severity of the reporting you can't deny that it's an issue but like, and again, I think this is the third day in a row I've said it. Like, why do these people, why is that part of their thing? Like, why? why? Like, why? Um, well, I can tell you why I'm very, you know, because I heard this report yesterday, this guy Abbott, who's the governor of Texas, mm-hmm. where they just had for the only the, the second most rain that's ever fallen in a 24 hour mm-hmm. period in the history of that state. Mm-hmm. refuses to make any kind of connection because first of all it's not a it's not a it's not a trump or a, not a trump it's not a republican talking point mm-hmm. and so if it's not going to get you votes and that's why we're in a real you know crisis here if it doesn't get mm-hmm. you votes then it doesn't get any air but mm-hmm. you know forget about the china what you just said there's places in the states like near hoover dam mm-hmm. where where bodies are coming to the surface. That's where, like me. That's what I was referring yeah, to. Yeah. Where fossil, mm-hmm. like m- m- hundreds of million year old fossils are being revealed because the water levels have never been where they are now. And, and that's why it's comical. It's like, if you don't think there's a problem when you get, I don't know what the number was, but I'll say 25 inches of rain in 24 hours. If you don't mm-hmm. think that's a problem on the heels of two months of no water, to me, the only, if there's any issue, and I not that I buy into this, it's like, if you're a little skeptical, you think it's over the top and hysterical, the reporting of it in the, okay, that's fine. There might be, not that I believe it, but to me, that, that might be maybe room for debate, but just to totally denounce it. And it's the usual suspects, you know, like people we know, it's just part of their their deal to, as part of that team it's you know along with being an anti-vaxxer and mm-hmm. uh, you know and being an anti- a flat earther flat earther uh, you also denounce climate change it's just part it's part of the part of the the, the show or the game I, I i don't get it well was that thing i brought up yesterday about once you're so deep into this stuff it's hard mm-hmm. to walk back because it's all you've got Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that, you know, Abbott is part of the QAnon, but, he, you know, it's all part of that same, you know, weird soup that they're all in. 
And it's hard. It's it's hard to be like so extreme. The less the election was stolen, all that stuff. But also, mm-hmm. you you couldn't be that and think, hey, there's some things we should do to mitigate this climate mm-hmm. uh, crisis that we're in. Because we are. I mean, you know, however much longer we're barking into these microphones, this isn't getting better. Unfortunately, we may not even live long enough to see if it is. We might live long enough to see just how bad. It's getting and mm-hmm. going to be, but we won't live to see the solution. No. And, you know, we are, our life is based on consumables, right? We consume things to survive. And eventually, more and more, the more you consume them, the more they become harder to get on and on. I mean, there's a lot of examples like that. Seafood on and, you know, different types of animal species. and Yeah. What makes people think that we're not consuming the air more and more and more, and it's not being replenished, just like so many other things in society, right? They're not being replenished to the point uh, that they can survive. How, how is this any different? But I'm sorry for your, you know, listening to you, you're so naive. I mean, you know, Herschel Walker's got the solution. We got, tra- <laughs> we, we got air. Our air is being, you know, screwed over by China air. And uh, we got trees. Let's continue this in a second. But first, this important message. Cursing during your commute again. Do you find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard. You know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. (laughs) All right. Um, well, there you go. Uh, do you have anything? I mean, we could get into the Pelosi's DUI if you want. I found that no, pretty funny. Uh, but No, no. Dan isn't here for the news. There were a couple of uh, news stories that I found a bit intriguing. All right. Well, I'll give you this. Uh, now, here's some uh, intriguing news stories with Fred. A portrait of Winston Churchill has been stolen from the Chateau Laurier Hotel in Ottawa. Did mm-hmm. you hear about this? I did hear about it. Yes. Yusuf Karsh. Is that how you would say his first name? Yusuf. Yes. Yusuf Karsh. Whatever, yeah. Very famous took photographer. This portrait, took this portrait of um, Winston Churchill in 1941 when he was over here talking about the war and the allies and whatever. And there's a whole story behind that, that Churchill was in a rotten mood and he took his cigar. Karsh took his cigar mm-hmm. out of his hand and he looked all pissed off. And then he, he, he did this iconic shot of him. But see what happened. They figure now between December 25th and January 6th, when the hotel was relatively quiet because we had another wave of COVID, somebody went in there and took the original portrait uh, photograph. Yes. And replaced it with a print, a copy. And they've just in the past couple of weeks uh, discovered this because the frame was a bit different. It was just hanging a bit askew and a worker there. It got his attention, and then upon further investigation, they realized that this was a, a theft. So somebody has taken the original, some in the middle of the night or whatever, and replaced it with a fake, and it went for months before it was, it was discovered. That's quite the caper, Ocean's Eleven. Oh. No, isn't it? No, it's fantastic. So I shouldn't is, say it's fantastic. It is, I mean, but it's, it's fascinating. But well, mm-hmm. what, what, is, uh, what is that... What would that be worth? And the second part of that question is, who do you sell it to? No, exactly. Well, it would be worth millions. I don't know exactly how much. Uh, 
But again, this photograph, you know, it's often used even in England and, well, worldwide uh, as a portrait of um, Winston Churchill because apparently it caught him at his, that's him. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, how do you sell it? Like, and what was the point? You steal it and now what do you do with it? Is there an underground? Well, there has to be. there. Yeah. artsy fartsy thing that somebody would pay money for that and sit on it like, and somebody like who could there's somebody who could scheme that who could get to the i mean that's a that's not somebody just rushing and grabbing and leaving that's somebody who thought that through oh oh that's what they say it's like it was yeah king size uh, professional job right so whoever was professional mm-hmm. enough to do that and those are that's your mm-hmm. that's your good criminals right there uh, mm-hmm. That person or persons would definitely have the wherewithal, or no, you you know you're you're mm-hmm. not taking that on spec. They would know where to sell it, mm-hmm. or the kind of people who would know where to sell it before they did it. Yeah, that's cool but shit. And it's not like you can buy it and then you know a couple of years from now go, hey, I have this, uh, <laughs> this is down in your I have this photograph of Churchill. Anybody interested in buying it? Like. <laughs> That is the question. No, I thought you were going to say, you, you, also, you can't put it up in your rec room. It's like, oh, no. cool, there's the poster of the Leafs. And, oh, that, isn't that mm. the famous Winston Churchill portrait <laughs> by Yosef Karsh? <laughs> All right, do you have any other uh, breaking news that we can uh, well, finish off this program with? Well, when is enough not enough? This story about Tim Hortons, they, as you know, they have the breakfast industry cornered in Canada. Like I know. I know what you're going to say. Tim Hortons, yep. and then there's everybody else. Mm-hmm. They are going to be introducing over the next little while a flatbread pizza, which will be available at locations in Toronto at Test Run. A flatbed, uh, flatbread pizza for $5.99, or $6.99, that's what the price will be in that range. But the reason they're doing this is because their evening, their afternoon market share isn't where they want it to be. Mm-hmm. They're actually in competition with other, com- uh, other companies. Yeah, sure. So the morning's not enough. It's just they're introducing this pizza now so that, you know afternoon evening sales can increase so there's a there's a company that's like always moving forward like crazy but you think about they've been i think Mm -hmm. first of all it's great and i understand where you're heading i think they've been hitting there for a long time because when you and i first started working together and Mm -hmm. and uh i'm only laughing because that we had remember there was a brief time when you and i were going to open a tim hortons Mm-hmm. <laughs> we remember we had that discussion about opening a Tim's in Brampton where we were working and there wasn't one near us and that would be how we'd make our fortune. Yeah, but part of the 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 barrier to entry for us was that whoever buys them had to work <laughs> had on to work site there the exactly. First, you can't you couldn't hire a manager. You had to work on site for the first two years. Yeah, and that was it. I don't know if that's changed, but but that was one of the things because we were thinking, oh, this is what we'll mm-hmm. do to make ourselves rich. So in those days, for breakfast, I remember our order. We used to get a couple of coffees, and I would get a tea biscuit. Mm-hmm. They didn't even have, I'm not even sure they had breakfast sandwiches. Right. Mm-hmm. So when it started to be breakfast sandwiches and then morphed into panini, like those like bigger sandwiches, like, you know, and then I remember our kids... You know, uh, mm-hmm. ex-wife Randy, we would, Tim's was a place you could get some, uh, 
they had like uh, chili at one point or chili and then the, all their variety of soups. The, exactly. Mm-hmm. So this yeah. is just kind of a logical extension, although it sounds odd. Like, but you think mm-hmm. about it, you're going to go to a Tim's and get some flatbread pizza style food, but also maybe get some Timbits and a coffee and it just keeps that oh, shit yeah. rolling, you know, 24 yeah. seven. Yeah, they never they never rest. Although it's interesting that McDonald's. You know, they did away with their pizza years ago because it just, for whatever reason, didn't fly. At McDonald's, people were of the mindset, you know, Happy Meals and Big Macs and Quarter Pounders and all that. Yeah. Um, pizza, they discontinued. Will it Will it fly at, at, at Tim? Did you ever have a McDonald's pizza? It had this kind of mm-hmm. crumbly stuff yeah. on the bottom. It was almost like uh, yeah. a different style of bread. It was okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we're going to reschedule Drew Marshall. He's been texting me madly, telling me how bad he feels. He said, "I used to hate it when people go." He, you know, he's he hosted a talk show for years, mm-hmm. and he just said, uh, "I hate it when people uh, were MIA." <clears throat> so um, we'll get him back on. Thanks to uh, the retirement Sherpa. Uh, hey, everyone, we're back next week. You know, it's like another week of humble and Fred uh, broadcasting two in a row for the first time in a while, and. Uh, Oh, look, he's already been rescheduled. How is that possible? Yeah, he's been rescheduled for next uh, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Well, Mike, again, can do that. He just can't do back-end technical stuff. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. When he's away. All right, mm-hmm. well. Oh, uh, I shouldn't have said that. Now somebody's going to hack and take our show down because they're jealous. Yeah. Well, you might, you might, listen, while Mike's gone, you can take care of your back-end, okay? <laughs> however, <laughs> however you see fit. Thanks to Tim Niblett. Thanks to Dan Duran. Thanks to you. Thanks to... If you want to email us, it's Humble and Fred at Humble and Fred Radio. This episode is brought to you by GoDaddy, GigSky, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chamber Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, and, uh, and of course, our producer is Toronto Mike. Uh, have a great Humble and Fred weekend, uh, which starts now. We'll see you next Monday. A little up the road from the habitations and the towns we know A place we saw the lights turn low The jigsaw jazz and the get fresh flow Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts Two turntables and a microphone Bottles and cans that just clap your hands Or just clap your hands Where